Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello. Hello. Hello, ladies. I wonder if we could do a supercut of all our hello. That'd be boring to listen to. Actually, that reminds me that one time I said that I was going to do an AWD bloopers. Yeah. And I started pulling it together and then I was like, this is taking years off my life and it's not worth it. I could never figure out. So we used to edit back in the Middle Ages. We used to edit ourselves and we'd take turns each week. And I remember having really funny moments and I literally just could not for the life of me figure out how to extract them from garage it like it was hard. so complicated <laughs> that I was like it's just not worth I know ever I, I do have bloopers somewhere but it's probably like a minute and it's probably not that funny I know we think they're like the lost <laughs> I don't know lost comedy gold yeah I was just telling Grace that yes please I, tell I, everyone <laughs> what you just told me I was telling Grace that I kept having stupid thoughts on the way walking to her house about what I wanted to say on the podcast and I was in like such a stupid mood and I said one of the things I wanted to tell you but I got too excited and told her over lunch was that when we were in Greece I said to my friend Hannah like don't assume because you'll make an ass out of you and me and then <laughs> I don't know what she was doing and then I like assuming <laughs> assuming things obviously <laughs> and then I like paused and I was like why do they say an ass out of you and me because it like actually doesn't make an ass out of me if you assume something and she was like Izzy Izzy it's it's it spells it out oh, yeah out of you yes. and me yes and I swear girlies please I swear there are people out there who don't also know that yeah, but message you can't us just assume. You, you can't just assume. Everyone knows, knows that. Assume you're me. making an ass out of you and me by assuming that. Who's the first person that ever said that? What? Who's like? Who do you think is the first person that ever said that? Some dad. Like a dad said it, and then it spread <laughs> like wildfire. Or did like separate people say it, and then lots of different people think they're responsible for it. 
I have a funny story to tell you, <laughs> which is that when we were in Croatia, I bought as a special treat for my in-laws who are in town. I tickets. thought you meant for me, Jada. Oh, Jada, no. So I know. I wish I. I didn't buy anyone a treat, including it gets, myself. It gets too much. It's too stressful. Yeah. There was so much Game of Thrones stuff there. I wanted to scream and cry because they filmed. What? They filmed some of Game of Thrones in Dubrovnik, and now it's like a Game of Thrones theme park. Like it's fucked, and they have all these shops with these just tragic shirts and goblets and things no and anyway they were performing hamlet they had all these signs that they were performing it in this outside cast have you been to Dubrov- i know you've been to croatia but not Dubrovnik. well i don't know where i've been i don't know where i've been. i don't know where i am where i've been or where I've i'm going i've been to a main city in croatia okay and but i don't know if it's dubrovnik it was it like a medieval castle i don't know <laughs> anyway i bought the tickets and then i wanted everyone to have like a special treat so bought the front three rows as like the best tickets you could buy and then we got there and it was in croatian and and there was like english subtitles but they were literally the row behind us like it was the first what like because i was trying to give everyone like a special treat it ended up killing us and there was no intermission and by the time we realized it was too late, like you couldn't leave. So we all had to sit for two and a half hours and watch Shakespeare in Croatian. It was really shocking. Why did you not think it was going to be in Croatian? It said it was in Croatian with English subtitles, okay. which I was like, how can a play have subtitles? So in my little brain, I just thought it would be in English. They'll be, holding up, they'll be like holding up the signs as they talk, like on Love Actually. It's their fault for not explaining in the booking. Mm-hmm. So then I was just thinking about all sorts of things. I mean, I've gone to the cinema in another country and not thought about that before. I am so, what's the word? Like Anglo. Like when you just expect everything to be in English. Mm. I think that everywhere. Yeah. I booked a Pilates class in Paris then had to cancel it. Like and paid a fucking class pass fee because my boyfriend Mm. was like, won't it be in French? And I was like, fuck. (laughs) oh my god i know i just expect it's like yeah yeah i just always what were you thinking about in there can't remember i was (laughs) just like things i had to do when i got back here Mm -hmm. i was i was trying to think of like i can't even remember i was like please be over please be over please be over for so long everyone said they liked it but i think they were just being nice (laughs) The girl Everyone who- said they liked it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, the girl got naked at one point, which was a highlight. Wow. I was like, don't know, what's happening. don't know what's happening, don't know what's happening. This chick's fully naked. She's really hot. We don't know what's happening, don't know what's happening. Now I don't know how to segue, but I wanted to... I don't know. I feel jolly and happy now, which I feel like maybe I should just ride the wave. But then it also feels weird not mentioning that I had some sad news earlier this week out of Auckland and I know that so many people so many of my friends and so many people in the community and literally just women everywhere are mm. feeling so sad right now um because a girl I know was killed in a domestic violence situation on Friday and it was just it's just like terrible and sad and she was like 
in my wider group of friends. So I knew her, but she was much closer to like some of my best friends who were just, just still in shock. And it's just really surreal and sad and heartbreaking while at the same time being like, just so angering um, Mm. because uh, once again, it's just like this violence against women that you see on the news, but this time it's like someone that you actually know and have spent time with and it's just heartbreaking and very, I don't even know what to say, but it just felt weird not mentioning it because I feel like I'll be, I've been a bit off obviously the past few days and I just started feeling jolly just now but it's like actually also quite funny being with you because it's like when you know when you're like I don't know I've just been I don't I've just been fine because or not fine I have been like crying and Mm. etc etc but I haven't really talked to anyone in my family and then yesterday when I was walking I called my mum for the first time and I hadn't talked to her and then I just started like bawling my eyes out mm. and it's like funny when you, you know when you ha- how you let your guard down with your family that's how it feels when I'm around you yeah, which is totally. like funny because like the minute I saw you yesterday I was like gonna cry yeah um it's a massive thing I mean it's just such a fucked up situation I think it's one of those things that we're all like aware of domestic violence in this really ab I mean not for everyone a lot of people are aware of it in a non-abstract way but I think for a lot of people it's something that they hate and find disgusting but they still don't really think it's going to directly touch their lives or the lives of people they know so it just feels yeah so or much you're more like, confronting. Or like you're aware of it in a more parental context mm. you know than you are in terms of it being like women our age in a situation like that i remember a few years ago um i met my, yeah one of my friend's boyfriends and we were just at like an engagement party or whatever and I thought he was really nice. And and then she kind of said something like, she kind of just said some offhanded comment about them not being that great and maybe them breaking up. And then I found out a while later that it was like this domestic violence situation that you just have no idea about. And like, yeah, you just, when it's our age especially, I think it's so easy to overlook because again, you just don't think it could be happening. I don't know. There's like, I think it's worth talking about because I think that this violence against women epidemic is so so bad and when I was speaking to my mum who's a social worker so she sees this like literally every day Mm. she said that New Zealand has like some of the worst statistics for domestic violence in the entire world New Zealand currently ranks as the worst for domestic violence compared to other OECD countries which I didn't know what that was but it's like 30 countries that have signed some Mm -hmm. weird packed thing Um, And like one in three women are estimated to be a victim of violence in their lifetime as of 2020. And then COVID obviously made things so much worse. And they were, police were responding to domestic violence calls every four minutes. Oh my God. And it's a tiny country. country. Yeah, four million people or whatever. Yeah. So I just think um, that, I don't know, it's a good time and a good reminder to like check in on your loved ones and really listen and kind of be aware um and um I'm sending so much love to Auckland and to all of my really good friends who are really hurting right now it's it's just heartbreaking and change needs to happen and I I guess like all we can do is try and um look out for each other yeah yeah we did that I we can find it I'll put it in the notes but we did a interview with a manager of a domestic violence shelter who talked about a lot of um 
around the FKA twigs time. Basically, it was just a resource for women to kind of spot early signs and what to do if you're in a situation and, and stuff. So we can maybe embed that mm. if anyone listening feels like that might be useful for them to listen to. There's also a fundraiser for Elle's mum, which we'll put in the bio. Mm-hmm. But anyway, on to try and perk me up. So I wanted to flag that the, which you would have noticed because you made us our Palomas this week, that the Patron that was sent to us for the podcast recording is almost empty. It's whittled away. (laughs) I mean, is this just you at home alone doing shots of Patron like a rapper? It's actually when we record the pod, I've been drinking it. It goes down a treat. It go, it's so delicious. Tequila's under. It's underrated. It's like the most hated. It's the most hated on maligned spirit. I feel. But I. But it's obviously having such a like resurgence now. Is it? Do you think? Well, with uh, margaritas. Yes. Palomas. I yeah, feel tequila like hot on its girls own. now are drinking tequila soda lime. I think I actually, if I'm being honest and true to myself, I don't like gin. I wow! Don't I don't like it. I don't really like gin and tonics. I agree. I don't really like gin and tonic. But it's like what I will end up drinking on a night out. If we go out and we're at a bar, you know, because it because there's seriously such a market for like I don't know. I know. I guess Palomas are kind of that, but there's such a market for just like a drink that obviously when we're having cute wines with the girlies. We'll have like natural wines or we'll have red wine with dinner or you'll have mm-hmm. a beer if you're at the pub. But if you're out on a night out at a club, yes. I end up reverting to gin and tonic, even though I don't really like it. Because, because you I'm panic like, at the bar and you just else order am I drink? It. So what they drink in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, yes. what Dorit drinks, it's like everyone knows, like skinny bitches, which is vodka soda. Vodka soda. Yeah. But what she does is she does vodka, two shots of vodka, bit of soda four squeeze like i love how bougie this is four limes <laughs> worth of lime juice yeah gorgeous. and then she calls it corpse out which is when you take the limes out like they don't sit in it gorgeous and i was like that sounds really nice like mm-hmm. a big chunk of fresh lime juice a little bit of soda water a lot of vodka in a glass on its own with lots of ice wait didn't you drink gin martinis yeah yeah, we need to swap to vodka ones. I yeah. actually don't like vodka, to be honest. I don't like vodka, vodka either. Vodka can suck my dick. But I also think we're just, like, our palate has aged out of, like, the cheap stuff we used to drink. And, like, mm. I thought I hated tequila. And now when we drink this, like, nice Patron, I'm like, I love tequila. So maybe <laughs> yes. we need to drink. What's what's that nice vodka called? Oh, I have a nice one from, like, Iceland at home. Mm. Which I had to um, throw out of the – I had all this – nice alcohol in the freezer trying to be a bougie bitch when we make martinis and i had to like throw it all out and smash it on the ground like i was at like a greek wedding because (laughs) i needed to put so much ice in the freezer because it's been so fucking hot and i know talking about the heat wave is boring but record-breaking temperatures in the city yesterday and like me and you we lived in sydney we understand what a 40 degree heat is it's just like absolutely no sweat off our back yes uh but when you're inside the houses here they are made to trap the heat like there is no aircon. they're made for freezing cold weather and so the walls in my house the door handles everything was piping hot mm-hmm. like it was i was just like what am i gonna do and then i can't open the windows from the bottom because we have a cat who's trapped inside like rapunzel <laughs> 
And so I was like, ah, and then I was so worried about him that I kept chasing him around and trying to brush him. Yeah, I was on the tube yesterday and that was like, I knew not to go on, but I just had to because I was going to see a play by myself, Jare, but it was a really nice little date on my own. I know you like to do that stuff by yourself, but sometimes when you say that, I'm like, I would have wanted to come with you on a cute day out. (laughs) I know, because what happens is I see these tickets for these things that I buy these like 19 pound tickets and it's like six months out then all of a sudden it comes up and I'm like oh fuck mm. and I think in my head I'll tell someone else to buy one but um yeah the tube was hideous so yeah, apparently if you went on the tube yesterday I know I was like I'll do anything not to go on but the only other option was to walk which I was like I'll literally <laughs> yes. drop dead in Hyde Park and yes. but the apparently the tube gets gets seven to eight degrees hotter like the tube going around is fine. It's when you get into central London where it's the underground, which yeah, is Yeah, the fucked. underground. And that um, apparently it gets to seven to eight degrees hotter than outside. And they were might have they were thinking they might have to shut down the tubes because if it gets over forty eight degrees in the tube, it's um, higher than the legal amount for livestock. So you like legally can't put humans in those conditions oh because God. that's like animals aren't allowed to be in hotter conditions than that. Animals. Which is so funny. So I was Stop. on and it was, everyone was being like a foul beast, which I understand, but you know how it's always busy from stop to stop in those like central ones mm-hmm. near Oxford circus because everyone was so hot and panicked about being stuck in the, on the platform. They were like, bashing each other to get on when there just wasn't enough room and it was just making the trains sit there for so much longer and everyone was like screaming at each other because they were like you trying to get on is just stopping we're just going to sit here until people agree to go back on the back on the platform it's just so stupid yeah it was that full it was foul it was i was like trying to disassociate i was like deep (laughs) breathing and i was like and then someone saw this man's where i was like squashed and i felt like a little girl again he was like there's a lady here and like helped me oh my god like the titanic (laughs) the women and children first (laughs) like the titanic there's a a young woman here that's what he said and he like helped me like not that young i was like he turned around and was like oh (laughs) um but i was like thinking about this because when i came back and i had my suitcase just no one helped me okay it took me longer to get from gatwick to my house Uh, than it did to get from dubrovnik to england i swear to fucking god i know but no one helps you have you noticed this like i know we're not as sprightly as we used to be but like no one will help you with a suitcase yeah, and we wanted like, feminism, but we didn't want this. We didn't want. I'm like, we haven't achieved enough equality no. for men to not help us with suitcases. Literally, it's bullshit. All these big burly men were like walking past me and I, they struggled down the stairs. What's wrong with them? I wanted to kill them. I was like, you, you don't give us equality and you don't help us. Yeah, like yeah. they're living in their fucking twilight mecca years. I know. They keep getting paid more than us, but don't have to do anything chivalrous. I know. Popping out a baby age fifty with someone younger than us. <laughs> Honestly, fuck them all. I know. Um, yeah, I, I know. It's it's like live in London because you can travel to Europe so easily. And then I like you can't travel with a suitcase right now because they're losing them all. B, they mm. keep canceling every single flight. When yeah. I was coming back from Barcelona, I thought I was going to miss my flight because um, the line in the airport was like mm-hmm. so crazy. In Portugal, I've never – it was like something out of like – 28 days later like fucking apocalypse zombie movie everyone yeah. was a, a foul beast i know and everyone's just embarrassed like they get all embarrassing and 
people like jump in front of you to get like yeah. one step yes. ahead in the passport queue was- and I was like okay okay sweetheart off you go that was happening Stupid to me bitch. as well where um I was lined up for like priority boarding because mm. <laughs> bitch has a overhead carry-on always and someone like yeah they they try and cut in front of you or they do that like whispering thing to whoever they're with to be like oh did that person do that rah, 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 rah. And I'm just yeah. like shut the fuck up fuck up <laughs> Anyway, everyone. Okay, on to a jolly and silly little discussion about Netflix's persuasion. Number one movie in the UK today, obviously. Number one movie in the UK. It is Dakota Johnson-led Jane Austen adaptation. I feel like persuasion is potentially the least known Jane Austen book. Possibly. I, I am going to sound so uneducated, even more uneducated than when I said I didn't understand what why people say assume. Um, but yeah, I don't really, I didn't even know Clueless was based off a Jane Austen book until I read something just today. Aww. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I haven't read Persuasion. I like, I love a Jane Austen adaptation as much as like the next chuggy millennial Kit, That's woman. the one with Kara Knightley, right? No, so Pride and Prejudice is the one. There's been so many. So Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley. I love that one. I love that one as well. That's under, <laughs> I love underrated. It. I love it. I love, I love it. it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's underrated because everyone loves the original BBC adaptation of Pride yes, and Prejudice. Yes, with Colin Firth, which I haven't seen. Which I actually – so I was always like, oh, I'm a loyalist to the BBC adaptation because that's what you're meant to say to sound cultured. And then I and then the Kira Knightley one you're meant to say isn't as good. And then I rewatched – both over christmas and whilst the colin firth one is like very authentically true to the era or whatever mm. i actually think the joe wright kira knightley one is maybe better people are gonna kill me gorgeous but matthew mcfadden who plays admission yeah who plays tom in succession is mr darcy oh in the, the kira knightley one Oh my god! Yes, he used to be like a hottie heartthrob, and now he's like this funny clown. Dumb. I know, and he plays Darcy as that's if he's right. almost like slightly autistic, and like that's why he is so rude. And mm. I love mm. that interpretation; it's great. So those two, then the sense and sensibility, which Emma Thompson, who's like my favorite person in the world at the moment, wrote the adaptation for. And won an Oscar for it for Best Adapted Screenplay Gorgeous. and starred in it. And Kate Winslet's in it too. And it was just after her husband had left her for Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, my God. And the guy who she cast as Kate Winslet's love interest in the movie, she thought he was going to hook up with Kate Winslet, who was like 20, beautiful. Emma Thompson was in her 30s. And he just fell madly in love with Emma Thompson. And now they've been married for like 30 years. Oh. That's really cute. The opposite of Jada. I know. What's the opposite of Jada? Fuck, that's so cute. So cute. So love those. So there's like a a high. And then Emma, which we talked about, Mm. came out last year with Anya Taylor-Joy. Yes. And that was really good. Yes. I liked it, it. but I didn't love it. I loved it. Yeah. But I don't know why I didn't. I think think it's more like I I liked everything about it, but maybe I just found it kind of boring. Mm. or something like not enough happened in it i don't know with pride and project with like the care i don't know it was just felt i think i love like a very jade like real romantic 
yes. story. Whereas yes. Emma was less, it was kind of more like actually about her and her friends I need to watch and stuff. Again. Yeah. 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 But yeah, Pride and Prejudice is the OG. It's the best. It's because it's like a naughty boy and a fiery a woman, boy. a yes. fuck boy, a rich fuck boy. Um, so Persuasion is one of the like least known. I think it's been adapted before, but it's not. There's no famous adaptation of it. And it's kind of a quieter story. It's about Anne Elliot, who I think the reason people, which we'll get into, really don't like this Netflix adaptation is because Anne Elliot's meant to be really quiet and shy and submissive. And she wanted to marry this guy who had no money and she'd let her family talk her out of it because she's a bit of a pushover. And then she's sat regretting it for years Mm -hmm. and then when he comes back she's like too scared to say anything because she just keeps getting pulled in directions because she has no kind of backbone but then the book is very much about her she's a people pleaser and then the interior of her like what she actually feels and thinks is like a big part of the book so this movie dakota johnson plays this like sassy quirky cute like manic pixie dream girl yes kind of vibe and people are furious because they're like this is not what the book is meant to be at all hey i'm ryan reynolds at Mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We just had a quick break for a top up, top up. But I wanted to tell you that I, you know, how last week I was saying to you that I was slurring after one Paloma. Mm-hmm. I then decided for the next day for the Patreon ep to measure what I'd been drinking, and I thought it was a shot glass, which is what you just poured, but it was an egg cup, <laughs> and it was uh, it was over double, <gasps> over so double. You were lit. So I had like I was having. Well, yeah, two, two, two and a half drinks at once. <laughs> That's why I was so lit. <laughs> anyway. Well done. Very AWD of you. Back to persuasion. Right. So I didn't realize that the girl was supposed to be really timid and meek and thing. And yet Dakota Johnson is not like that at all. She's quite, she just, it's, it's. She's so likable. I just love her. She's such a good actress. I could just watch her on screen Same. all day. I agree. Um, And she does this thing where, which already got backlash in the trailer before the movie even came out where she talks to the camera um in a very fleabag-esque way which makes the film like i i mean it's one of those things where yeah it's fleabag and it's a bit kind of 
millennially and a bit, I don't know. It's kind of the opposite of like a Jane Austen classic. But then it, I, I didn't hate it that much. Like, I don't I understand. Hate, yeah. yeah, the level. So when it came out, it got, which was a couple of days ago, it has gotten so slammed. It's like insane. I think The Guardian gave it like three separate one-star reviews from three really? different writers. It's like a derangement, like persuasion derangement syndrome. The Atlantic wrote like a scathing piece saying it's trying to have it all and it tries to be subversive and it just doesn't work. There's been all these pieces about like embedding all the tweets of people that just fucking hated it because it does. There it, are some embarrassing parts. Yeah. So they do the flea bag thing, which from the way people wrote about it saying it was just so tragically desperately trying to be like a flea bag that it was just so uncomfortable and awful to watch. Kim and Spacey did it first. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's, I just didn't think it was that. I didn't even notice. I think in the first five minutes, it's kind of annoying, but then it just tapers off in the rest of the film. Yeah. Like, I didn't even notice it that much. Yeah, same. But some of the dialogue is bad. That, that, so they've introduced some, like, modern dialogue, which yes. is cringy. <laughs> so one of them is, if you're a five in London, you're a ten in Bath. It's really Which jarring. is, like, very jarder. Um <laughs> It's, like, a true comment, but it didn't need to be said. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like, if you're a five in... Wait, if you're a, yeah, so if you're a five in, like, Auckland, yes, you're a ten in Hawke's Bay. If you're a five in Sydney, you're a ten in Perth. I don't actually know if that's true. A lot of the tens I know live in Perth. Yeah, Perth's a, um, <laughs> a hotbed for hotties. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and then also what else? She said, now I'm single and thriving. And then she also said at one point, now we're strangers, worse than strangers. We're exes. <laughs> I don't fully understand like what the what the criticisms have said is that those things are cringy, which they are. Yes. I think they overstated how cringy they are. I think if I hadn't read that people hated it that much, I would have I would definitely wouldn't have wouldn't have had this like impassioned response to those lines, I don't think. Mm, yeah, I mean I hadn't read anything when she said when she said when she said them, I was kinda like, uh it's, cr- but, it's cringe, yeah. But, but it's I don't know. Yeah, the way I guess the way people are going off is because they're going off because it is a Jane Austen adaption. Whereas I was like, I've seen it so much worse on Netflix in like the last fucking six months alone that I don't know why we're having such a freak out about this. I I yes. it enjoyed watching this. Like I could just have it on in the background. I wasn't like this is the best film I've ever seen. But Dakota Johnson's acting is great. Henry Golding, your friend, is of course a hottie. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that really cute British actress. Um, she was great. This is great and gorgeous. Yeah. Wait, the one who was gonna hook up with him and then she fell. I liked uh, her and the sister. She was really cute. Sister was, she was great. Gorgeous. Yeah. But I thought Nia Towel because I, I like feverishly googled her because she's just she's like that kind of beautiful. You know, we're just attracted to beauty. I was like, yep. I can't stop staring at her face. And she also just needs to get a better agent because she doesn't have an IMDb profile picture. And she, ah. and she's like mostly a model, but she also doesn't have an Instagram. I was like, girl, <laughs> um, get it together. But yeah, it, I found it like fine to watch. I couldn't, I, I genuinely couldn't finish. And I know that we'll have a lot of fans of these two shows in this 
safe space but i couldn't finish emily in paris and i couldn't finish bridgerton because i actually just found them both i like i couldn't even have them on in the background i found them too annoying whereas with this i i could happily watch it and have a cute girls night in and not feel upset a hundred percent i feel the same i found yeah emily in paris i couldn't even sit through it as like a guilty watch no i weirdly like bridgerton i don't really know why it's like a (laughs) something the wiring's got crossed somewhere did you watch season two yeah, I watched season two, then I got to interview Simone Ashley, who's the chick in it. Oh, yeah, And it was great. at this event that had, like, it was Flo- I interviewed Daisy Edgar Jones, Florence Pugh. I actually didn't speak to Florence Pugh, but I was, like, filmed a thing with her. And then Simone Ashley. And I was like, it's Simone Ashley? And I was like, hi, you were, like, really good in Bridgerton? And I was being so weird. I don't know what happened. Mm, I mean, she's pretty pretty gorgeous and chic. Yeah, she's just... She's just cool. I was having Bridgerton derangement syndrome. Okay, I, I think the source of this weird aggressive reaction is two things so here's a tweet that summarizes why people hate it so much what is preemptively pissing me off about the new persuasion is that it speaks to a much larger problem with adaptations of classics where studios seem to think that all female characters need to be glossed with a zany millennial girl gloss girl gloss patina to become relevant and i kind of i do understand that to a certain extent but i also feel like people are getting overly pissed off because they just want to show people that they know who they've read Jane Austen. (laughs) It's like how we were talking about the hot girl books trend where people um, now want to seem like they're very like smart and Mm -hmm. worldly and whatever, because they read a lot. It almost feels like there's this thing with that where people are saying, "I've, I've read the book. I've read the book. I've read Jane Austen. And this is not the same. Like I get it's a bit cringy, but this pylon just seems totally out of line with what the film is actually like. And I'm, it's kind of speaks to this thing now where if we don't like, like with Emily in Paris, I think I wrote something at the time where people like, it's the worst thing ever. Or like, it's the best. And I was like, everyone just needs to chill with this obsession with, if you don't like something, it needs to be the worst thing you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It can just be something that's not for fine. You. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Like, why do you need to write these like long? I don't know. Yeah. I was, when I was watching it, I was thinking about Chris Martin watching it for some reason. Cause I know he's like Jardin, like embarrassing as well. And wrote a song called you are my universe about Dakota mm-hmm. Johnson, which is like inherently so embarrassing. So <laughs> I don't know why I was like thinking about him, but I was thinking about him watching it and being like, having to or just be like, this is good when it's like, it is not that good, but it's I not. think this all, oh, wait, I think this is well when I watched up, I think do partners say that they think it's great? Obviously, yes. They just have to. Yeah. Because you'd be like, what are you a fucking movie director? Fuck off. Go yes, right. Go yes. right. fix you again yeah but i mean dakota johnson has said herself she is a prime example of the fact that with actors and actresses i think they get they obviously get so much fame and they get so much money and they become such huge successes but at the same time they get put at the front of like everything if a movie pans or if it's or if it does if it just like is shit where whereas as she said about Fifty Shades, she signed up to a completely different project, was forced to do it. You just would have no idea. You'd have to really trust the director, which I think Kirsten Dunst has said before, um, with with it. Because you can sign up to something and think it's... Like, she could have signed up to this and thought it was going to be way yeah. cooler than it is. It's not that... I don't even think it's that bad. And I don't even think she would think it's that bad. But it's it's just funny how we kind of give these the actors too much kind of credit for 
things like that. Yes. And I also think, which I don't know why I like knew this, but for some reason it's just sunk into my brain that for directors and actors, if you don't, if your movie doesn't make money, like this thing of this movie being panned, this director who's like a female theater director who I feel like is getting really unfairly thing. She just won't get another job now. Like mm. that is how Hollywood works. Like, and with Dakota Johnson, obviously she'll keep yeah. getting work, but if she had this and then another flop and then another like flop, they would just stop hiring you. Like I never think about these actors or directors as like when they put something out, it actually has to sell or be successful or they won't get another film. Yeah. Elaine May is this like famous female director and she made this movie in the 80s called Ishtar and it got it was very similar where it got so slammed that it became so cool for everyone to say it was like the worst movie ever made and then she didn't direct again for the rest of her career she was like in her early 40s because it was seen as such a mess and then over the course of the last like 10-15 years people have started being like it's not actually that bad like why were people so insane about it Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's it just sometimes becomes really fashionable to say that something's really, really shit. Jennifer's body. Oh yeah. Jennifer's body. Yeah. Or even Marie Antoinette. People just like, didn't like that at the time. What do all these movies have in common? Mm. Directed by women. Fuck off everyone. (laughs) Literally. I read a thing that you popped in from the Atlantic that kind of, kind of summarizes what people don't like about it again, where they say, there's obviously Clueless and then there was the six-episode version of Pride and Prejudice from the BBC, which you were talking about. And they were saying um, these remain the two twin poles of what can be done with Austen's vivid body of work, like a faithful reproduction that draws directly from the author's clever dialogue and rich characterization and an arc modern masterpiece that captures her comedic spirit. And then they were saying that Persuasion tries to take both approaches at the same time. Which mm-hmm. I do think is kind of true. Yes, and it kind of fails at yeah, both. Then. Yeah, yeah, totally. But like, I quite liked how light and easy it was to watch. Yeah, it was. I agree. I feel like it's it definitely not the Citizen Kane, but it's yes, this is fine. <laughs> um, okay, so on to a Victoria's Secret documentary. Yeah, that came out on Paramount, Paramount Plus, and I have another subscription to add to my won't cancel and will be billed for i'm such a sucker i was like i'm signing up to paramount plus when i'm unsubscribing the second i watch this stupid documentary and then i was like oh maybe i'll watch i don't know what the fuck was on there nothing else there's nothing on there but i was like i might have something i want to see on there i just get sucked i've set an alarm for every single day at 11 a.m till i cancel it good on you uh but didn't work today (laughs) Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> they had yeah. So a new documentary has come out called Angels and Demons. It's three three episodes, right? Three episodes. Yeah, yeah. a three part doc, and it's by this guy who directed Valentino, The Last Emperor. So he's got a kind of which I think might have been nominated for an Oscar. I think I'm lying, but he is like a respected kind of investigative guy. Mm-hmm. So the documentary has. Um, a bit of prestige to it and it's it feels like it's done very tastefully and like properly like he's really investigated all of the strands yeah um and does i feel i felt like i never wanted to hear about or talk about victoria's secret again in my life but i do feel like it pulled out a lot of things that i found genuinely quite interesting yeah i found Actually, at the start, the way they start the documentary, I need to go back and pause it to see if I'm in it. 
because I was there when, the, so I was at the final Victoria's Secret show. <laughs> it's going to be written on my tombstone. Yes. Um, but I was there, obviously, in the backstage area interviewing the girls as they were filming this. And the only reason, because obviously there's like hours and hours of them getting ready. But the only reason I know that is because at one point, all three of, I can't even remember the names. I think it was like Candace Bihardi and someone else stood up on a table and photographers were taking heaps of heaps of photos. And you know how Bihardi or someone goes, don't push blah, blah. Yeah. I was there taking photos of them there. So other than that, which I was like, wow, what I found um, interesting was like the backstory. I really liked episode one, which was the backstory of kind of how this, his name was Liz, right? Yeah, Les Wexner. How he started Victoria's Secret and he'd mm. bought it off this couple. And that was really funny because they interviewed them and they were like, we started Victoria's Secret, but what they started was really shit. And then Liz took over it and completely transformed it. Um, and how kind of entrepreneurial and clever he was because he understood that like women were going into these malls at the time it was like the pre-instagram days where you would dress up and go to the mall and women would go and meet there and they'd go there like two or three times a week and they'd do some shopping and so he was just like i'm gonna change things in the store every single day so that when the women come in there's something new to see um just on that it made it was so nostalgic to think about that like mall era i love the mall yeah because we were all mall rats like Mm. we'd go on the weekend and it was making me think how when you were young you would dress you would buy clothes and dress up in an outfit to go to the mall because you hoped that you'd like bump into your crush from school outside of school uniform or like see some girls that you wanted to look cool it's so funny like now we just buy stuff and take a photo and then people you hope people will see it, but bring in those back days, Westfield. Bring back being a mall rat at Westfield and getting like a five dollar Chinese takeaway in your Supre outfit and hoping you'll see someone. And go to the I movies. was always eating the Indian uh, at the food court, mm. and I was trying to explain that to my boyfriend who is Indian, and they don't have that here. Like they don't have the same. He was just like, I don't really understand what you're talking about. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to take you to New Zealand. The, yeah, the tubs. And yeah. You fill it and up. the butter chicken is just literally like a fucking 300 grams of sugar and some like orange sauce. And yes. it's so fucking delicious. It's beautiful. Yeah. And the rice even is like a specific kind of rice. Oh, my God. It was so delicious. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then they were talking about how like competitors would go twice a year to Europe and they called it shopping the stores, which is where you would go see what's popular in Europe and then come back and copy it and just change like one tiny detail and copy Mm. it. And Victoria's Secret would go six times. They were so clever in the way they were marketing. They jumped on the internet straight away. They took out a Super Bowl ad. They um, decided on the Victoria's Secret fashion show. So I was just like, how did it go so terrible? How did it become so terribly like unclear about culture moving and it's like they were on the internet the minute it came out they were like crashing the site with millions of people on there trying to watch this show and then they just can't get their shit together later that's what was i found so interesting about how victoria's secret did so well because in the 80s i found this whole mythology of victoria so interesting Mm. where les came up with this backstory in the 80s when victoria's secret first took off that victoria was like an arist- an English aristocrat's daughter who was very sophisticated and chic and like had kids and was married to a barrister and like threw dinner parties and this very weird thing which was seen as aspirational in the 80s 
and then in the 90s realized that that was outdated and kind of shifted towards the bombshell sexy thing and then in the noughties they also said though that um the minute they said victoria was english was when the brand started really taking off with americans it's so bizarre like i guess we just don't understand that That. era what that was but in the noughties which i thought was fascinating i mean that's us now with like french people (laughs) exactly like they said victoria's french would have been like yes um that the Clinton, like Monica Lewinsky affair created this like openness of dialogue around sex in American culture or like an app, it like opened the floodgates in some ways. And then sex in the city came out and started framing being free and open about sex and dressing provocatively as empowerment. And like Victoria's secret just grabbed that ball and ran with it so hard that their whole naughty's campaigning was the word sexy changing their campaigns to be almost like softcore pornographic referencing playboy and making that aesthetic feel kind of high fashion by using these really respected supermodels and massive photographers. Yeah. And they were saying it was so hard at first to get the massive supermodels when they, and and how they started was through those, what were they called? Catalogs. Yeah. Catalogs that you'd find in the mail. And they did such a smart thing where they said, bring this coupon and then you get a free set of un- a free pair of underwear. And obviously you'd do that because you'd be like, oh, a free pair of nice underwear. But then the minute you're in the store, you buy all this other shit. Yes. Like, why don't brands do that now? Genius. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, they, wait, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. They were saying that it was like really hard to get those supermodels at the start because modeling and lingerie was seen as being naff. Mm. And then the way they transformed that to like, every supermodel every model in the world wanted to walk for them i found the modeling part i just i don't know i was like i'm a chug and i'm the problem but i liked like hearing about the modeling part same i loved how they said that i still find it so crazy when i think about it that like giselle and naomi campbell were victoria's secret girls like i always think about as like heidi klum and adriana lima and tyra banks and people that are like a bit jarre and smiley and no yeah you know like everyone giselle and naomi is crazy like that's the did kate moss ever i looked it up i don't think so in my brain it feels like she did or even like cara delavine doesn't feel like she was a victoria's secret girl and she was yeah and i loved how they said that the what, there was like a phrase they said where like sometimes corny really works and the idea of adding the wings yes is so corny but so people corny. loved it and it added this which i was like this is so true this hierarchy to the modeling system mm. and that's what got the models the supermodels really in because it was like we're gonna crown it was like a beauty pageant we're gonna yes. crown who we think the most important supermodels are at this show, which is like the Super Bowl for women each year with the biggest, literally with the biggest wings. It's so insane. And then it became that Swarovski crystal bra. That, what was that called? It was, the fantasy yes, bra. Yes, the fantasy bra. And it was worth like millions of dollars. And if you got to wear the fantasy bra, it was crazy. And they were showing models finding out they were wearing wings and crying. And I was like, shut it. But like. The whole thing was so bizarre. Yeah. And it's so funny how it went from, which they capture really well. It went from being so relevant up to like 2015 to being so outdated by like 2017. And that the obviously the huge shift between when it was and wasn't was me too. And you're kind of watching it thinking, God, like why didn't they adapt to the times? They had all these amazing women designers and executives who were there who were saying we need to do maternity wear, we need to do shapewear, we need to do size diversity, we need to do like 
skin tone diversity and they were just being ignored. And you obviously come to realize that the reason the one social trend they didn't adapt to, which was Me Too inclusion, (laughs) treating women with respect, the reason that they didn't adapt to that and died was because their CEO was like best, best, best buddies with Jeffrey Epstein. And that their whole, like the two guys that ran it, Ed Razek and Les Wexner, were the exact kind of misogynistic, (laughs) fucked up, men that me too was all about what like, did jeffrey have over i mean i kind of z- zoned out in episode two because i was like oh we all know jeffrey's a fucking pedo yeah but they one bit that i found interesting was when they said liz who's the guy that founded victoria's secret so so rich so so powerful mm-hmm. signed over like his entire power of eternity and all his assets to Jeffrey. They fucked for sure. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. That's what I thought. I mean, don't sue me, Liz. They fucked for sure, allegedly. But the documentary really sets up this idea that they probably had this Okay, because like, I was kind of zoning out and then I zoned back in and was like, what? There was rumors for years that- Oh my God, Jeffrey is- he, All these all Aww. these men, no question. This is what he- This is, He was a little weasel. This is what he did. He either, I yeah. think, slept with them himself and threatened to expose it. Or, or he lured them in with the young girls and the massages and filmed people or threatened that he'd filmed them. And then that he just had leverage over literally everyone. That was the scariest thing about him. But I think with Les, they insinuate that it was kind of a rumor for years that he was gay, but in the era that he came from and his like family background could never admit to being gay he suddenly when there started being some heat on him and his relationship with epstein married this woman and it came like the stuff in the third episode about the two of them and what they did for jeffrey epstein is just like so unforgivable and fucked up he should be in jail but it's interesting that the whole i find what i find really interesting is like the whole of victoria's secret was for so many years built on this idea, which I even remember from watching the show, that lingerie and watching the angels walk on the runway was, like, empowering for women. Mm. And we all just swallowed that up, like, a, with a spoonful of sugar for, like, I know. for so long. And then suddenly we're like, this is fucked, and they just couldn't switch. I know, but it's also, like, it is just – it just feeds into our obsession with beauty, which mm-hmm. is just, like – programmed into us in this way that I'm so embarrassed to admit that I when I turned it on was really interested at the start because they were showing like the girls and then as they got more into like the Epstein and the old creepy old men part I was just like oh and then I was like why do I want to just watch these beautiful women still they just know that we as a society like like have a sick obsession with it because we obviously do like it's like how our instagram algorithms are today it's who we follow it's what Mm -hmm. we engage with and they really just sold that to us and made us eat it up i feel like a certain nostalgia because i think we talked about this before with victoria's secret where i don't want to do a revisionist history where we all now pretend that we didn't gobble it up at the time exactly we loved it and i still i i was watching it us we're gonna get ourselves cancelled but i felt the same as you where i was watching it and i was like i wish they just pivoted because i would love if that stupid show was still on but with like yes. paloma and gila and like super diverse casting and like amazing it just wasn't that hard to do no and then we could still watch it because they're still the biggest supermodels in the world and it just would have still felt yeah fun. because it's like even with fenty 
I loved like the first and second show and then it kind of just it feels like it, the third one wasn't that great I need to rewatch it but I feel like another one has come out since there was like Paris Hilton everyone in it and I just mm-hmm. I just like completely haven't even seen it and it just feels like there's nothing that's I know Fenty came to replace it and that was so amazing and I'm watching that I was just like this is fucking incredible mm-hmm. but at the same time I want it to be an annual event I want it on every year at the same time and it can be Fenty or it can be Victoria's Secret as long as it's like that it's uh, a Super Bowl vibe, but I think that's the thing that we miss is that like everyone fun. sat and watched it together at the same time. And you're like, boyfriends would watch it because they were like, great. And yes. the girls would watch it because we were just like, this is fun. Yeah, it was just all, everything about it was great. You learned all the models' names. It's just a bygone era, I guess. But I just, and I loved how they were explaining that it turned models into like pop culture figures in this way that had just never been done before. Like in the past, you knew, if you knew who, I mean, I guess people like Linda Evangelista and like Cindy Crawford were always famous to people, but like that idea of them being massive, a massive pop culture phenomenon just didn't exist till Victoria's Secret. But it was also interesting how they said that that itself actually came back to like bite them in the ass because mm. they raised these women's profiles up so much. Social yes. media became a thing and then suddenly the women didn't need them anymore and could speak out against them. And, you know, they were they raised they kind of profiled or like pushed some of the biggest names that we know now into the world and then suddenly they could like they just had that profile and didn't need them anymore whereas beforehand it was like you needed the angel wings you needed the fantasy bra everyone was working to get to this point but once the models have their own profiles and are famous in their own right they can be like fuck this I feel so bad for so many of the women they interviewed who worked there and worked were incredibly intelligent and hardworking mm. and like wanted the company to be the thing because I think this is what happens with these um, businesses and companies that we rightly criticize and call out and don't want to spend our money with anymore is that we just assume that like everyone within the company has the same idea as the person who leads it. Whereas like we even know from our own experiences that you can be working somewhere that's and be frustrated at at, like that progress isn't being made quick enough. Yeah. It's kind of sad, but I'm also like, I never shopped at Victoria's Secret ever. So I'm not going to start now. Ed said that women only work out to look good for naked men. And that just shows how little he knew about women. He's, he's crazy. I literally like could not give less of a fuck about looking good naked for men. No, I never have. He's he's in he's literally insane. And that interview, I loved how they interviewed Nicole Phelps. She's so fucking chic, and she was talking about that inter- that famous interview she did with him. Oh yeah, she kept being like trying to give them. She was like, I was trying to give him an out. Like I was trying to be like, yeah, this is your opportunity yeah. to like lay out a it plan. It wasn't supposed <laughs> to be this crazy New York Times like expose. Yeah, Vogue she doesn't was, like doing yeah. those things. They were trying to like. They would just give them a platform yeah. to rethink. And he's like, nope. Gonna no let transsexuals. Transsexual. Like, I, I literally forgot I that word even yeah, existed. I and I was like, oh. <laughs> Ed, you fuck. Um, okay, we need to go. But we will be, if you need more of us, we'll be on the Patreon discussing all things. There's like a lot actually that I've thrown in our dog. Yes. All another, things full stop. Another hot barista boy encounter. Imrata and her husband. How hot became a lifestyle. And of course, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. Yes. Bye. Bye.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.